Hello and welcome to Working Historians, a podcast series where we discuss what historians do with their lives. I am Rob Denning, Associate Dean for Liberal Arts for Southern New Hampshire University's online history programs. Today I am rebroadcasting another episode of the Passion and Practicality podcast feed, where Callie Cook, a career advisor for SNHU, spoke with Karen Kincaid Brady, the programming director for the Neil Cochran House Museum in Austin, Texas. In this interview, Callie and Karen discuss the value of building your network, career opportunities in history, and creative ways to connect and build experiences with colleagues. This episode was originally broadcast on the Passion and Practicality podcast feed on June 2nd, 2023. Hello, everyone. It's Callie again with SNHU Career Services. Thanks for listening to our Liberal Arts Series podcast. Today, we have our featured guest, Karen Kincaid-Brady, Programming Director at Neil Cochran House Museum. Today's topic is informational interviewing, company research, and different career paths one can explore with a history degree. Thank you for joining us, Karen. It's such a pleasure to have you with us today. If you would, please just introduce yourself and tell us about the Neil Cochran House Museum. Absolutely. So, um, as I said, as uh, Kelly said, I am um, Karen, and I am the business and programming director at the Neil Cochran House Museum. Uh, what that basically means is I make sure the museum is running on a day-to-day basis. Um, I'm pretty much everything. I'm the office manager. I'm a docent. I'm visitor services. Um, and then the other part of my role is I help with help create new programming, um, help bring in additional funding through rentals and those types of uh, things. So definitely things that I never thought I would be using my history degree for, but um, that it's definitely helpful to have. Uh, so the Neil Cochran House Museum is a small house museum in Austin, Texas. It um, dates to 1856 um, and was built by pretty much the premier builder of that period um, and in the um, the central Texas area. Um, and we focus on Austin and Texas history from about 1856 to the 1930s. Um, and we are also home to the only remaining slave quarters inside the city of Austin. So um, it's a really great place to come to, to kind of get a slice of life of Austin, Texas, um, from, you know, pretty close to the founding of the city, um, you know, through the Depression era and um, through our site and the various exhibits that we do, you can kind of see the evolution of um, what was pretty much just a backward city that just happened to be the capital of the state, um, and then it growing and thriving the way it is today. Um, so, you know, definitely come see us if you're in the area. Yeah, thank you for that, Karen, thank you. So I'd, I'd first like to ask you some questions just related to history opportunities. So let's go ahead and dive into that. What types of roles do you see history students in and how can they grow from those types of opportunities? Um, One of the great things about a history degree and also sometimes the most depressing thing about a history degree is you can use it for just about anything. Um, You know, my career path has been very broad and sprawling um, to get me to this point where I am. Uh, At one point, I was working for a government contracting company and 
um, helping to write reports about military bases. Um, and my history degree helped there because they were just like, oh, you do a lot of writing, you've done a lot of editing. And that was one of the things they really needed. So um, definitely, you know, use those odd, strange opportunities to grow and develop all of your various skill sets and um, it, be creative with it. Um, and you'll find that in some of those odd places you never thought you would be, you find uh, some of the greatest, most exciting experiences and the ones that will really help you um, push forward into your future career. Thank you for that, Karen. I couldn't agree more. Really just allowing yourself to be open to such a variety of types of opportunities, even if it seems a little out there, taking the chance and getting your feet wet and seeing what it's like. So if a student has no experience, where should they start to get some experience in the field? And what are some of the skills you think are most noteworthy to have? Um, so it kind of depends on where you think you want your history degree to go. Um, if you want to teach um, high school or college, then I encourage you to uh, branch out into tutoring as much as you can. Um, I also worked for the Princeton Review for a while, and you know that was a way to kind of develop some of those skills in the some of the very basic skills of being in a classroom, um, because their classroom management style is very particular, and so it kind of helps you find um, what you're wanting out of the classroom style. Um, if you want to be someplace like at a museum like I am, um, definitely encourage you to go and there's a there's a museum. Just send them an email and say, hey, I'm interested in volunteer opportunities. Um, is there anything that I could do to come help out? And um, some have a very involved process of volunteering. Um, I know here in Texas, if you're working for one of the state sites, you do have to go through a pretty lengthy process. Um, here, because we are as small as we are, we're pretty much able to really take anyone who has some type of a background um, in, you know, history or even literature or art history um, and bring them in to, you know, help us out in various ways. Um, so volunteering is a great way. Uh, and, you know, even doing things like um Habitat for Humanity is helpful because uh, one of the ways that I got here was through historic preservation, and that's all about taking care of buildings. So you can learn some of that through Habitat for Humanity. Or um, a lot of cities have uh, special rehab days for historic buildings. So, you know, again, it's uh, definitely one of those be creative with it. Um, talk to your professors, talk to your friends, talk, talk with people, you know, in museums, what got them there. And, you know, it always feels like, well, there's um, a set route to get to where you want to be, but there never is. There's always different ways to do it. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It's so true that there are so many different routes to get there. And I'm so glad that you mentioned talking to your instructors, talking to your friends, talking to your peers, because having those conversations and, and building further and further on that network is so pivotal in finding opportunities and yes. having the opportunity to think outside the box, much like this conversation that we're having and mm -hmm. 
really absorbing these recommendations. It's great things to be able to you take know, back. That actually makes me think of another um, really great way to gain experience um, and thinking about networking. Many conferences have really incredible student rates um, or scholarships. So, you know, look into getting one of those scholarships to go to a conference and you can network with people. I love going to conferences because you know what? Everybody there is just as interested in the same things you are. So you can strike up a conversation with anyone. Um, and you can also volunteer. If there's one in your city or nearby, volunteer for it. It gets you free access to the conference and gives you a chance to, again, you know, network with people who are in your sim a similar situation as you and, you know, network with other people. Um, so that's definitely another great way. Love that. Love that suggestion. It's awesome. Absolutely awesome. So, Karen, would you recommend that candidates applying to internships and full-time positions have a portfolio or social media related to their history experience? This one's a little more difficult. Um, it depends on what it is you're looking at doing, um, because a portfolio is going to look different for someone, you know, in the museum world versus, you know, you're usually sending just a writing sample in for um, a, a an academic position. So I think that's, again, one of those places where you should sit down and talk with your professor, talk to people who are in the field where you want to go and just, you know, ask them, what are you looking for? What type of things do you ask for? Um, you know, I, you know, after I started my position here, I actually started a portfolio of my own specifically related to the interpretive uh, panels that I've done for the museum. Um, so in that case, it's helpful for me to have a portfolio. Um, but, you know, when you're sending in a writing sample for an academic position, they're only going to look at one. And to be honest, it doesn't matter how long it is. They're probably only going to read a few pages of it. Yeah. Um, so the social media, again, I think that falls under um, what it is that you're trying to do. If you're in academia, you know, you have to be really careful with your social media use. Um, but, you know, we hired a communications director uh, not too long ago here, and that was definitely one of the questions we asked, you know, what have you done for social media? Uh, what's your experience in it? Um, and so that would be one of those where, again, go to a museum and ask them, do you need help with your social media? Um, because I guarantee they do, because there's never enough people at the museum doing these things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it really, I think it really does um, depend on what is being looked for. I think it's good to keep those things in mind, even if it's just in the back of your head. You know, if I do create a portfolio, this is what I'm going to want in it. And remember that a portfolio, they're going to page through pretty quickly. Um, you know, I always think of that um, scene from The Devil Meets, uh, The uh, Devil Wears Prada. And, you know, they, she goes in for the interview and she's just, yeah. that's what's going to happen. So make sure it's things that are, you know, aren't super wordy, things that are vibrant, that are going to catch the attention, showing what your, what your capabilities are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Much like a resume, you, you want it to be, be conveying the exact message that it needs to convey mm -hmm. for the opportunity. So yeah, great advice there too. Excellent advice. Do you find that academic projects 
from college contribute to a student's overall experience and potential for landing interviews? Absolutely. Um, one of the things that helped me get this position was when I was working on my master's in historic preservation, um, my big studio project was actually creating an interpretive plan for a historic building in a small town. And the fact that I had done that and that I could bring it in and show it, um, you know, showed that, I mean, it was pretty crude for what it was, but, you know, it still showed that I'd had the initiative to do that type of thing. Um, and then I'd also written a paper about a museum in San Antonio at one point, and I submitted that as well as a writing sample. And, you know, I think that also helped because it showed that those connections and um, my desire to learn about this particular world. Um, so yeah, definitely, you know, those academic projects, they're gonna help you get jobs because those are gonna be some of your most significant writing um, for a very long time. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's those academic projects that first get turned into uh, journal articles that get turned into publications. So uh, they definitely help for your future. That's good to know. And it really, really makes me want to encourage students to, to really put a lot of value into those assignments as well. What's your career plan for the future? And really hone in however much you can mm -hmm. for that assignment in that interest area. Yeah, absolutely. This is really great information. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, this is really great. Um, let's go ahead and move into some questions uh, that are related to informational interviewing and, and a little bit of company research. Um, so what do you believe is the benefit of a student conducting an informational interview in the history field? Um, you know, I think it certainly helps them, you know, figure out what it's going to look like in that career that they're thinking about going into. You know, um, there are plenty of things that I sat there and was just like, oh, I'm going to do that when I grow up. And then, you know, I get into that job and I'm just like, this is miserable. I don't like this. I'm not happy here. So it's definitely, they're definitely worthwhile just to kind of give you that chance to, um, really think about where it is you want to go because you're going to you know even if you're able to switch fields and many people are you know you're still going to be there for a good chunk of your life absolutely absolutely definitely true what questions would you suggest that students ask in an informational interview oh definitely things like um you know, what, what's your day-to-day -day life like, you know, how, you know, if you want something where you're doing a lot of research, you know, how much research are you actually able to do? Um, if you want to, you know, teach, you know, how much time are you actually going to be in the room with the students? How much time are you going to be doing things outside of that particular activity? Um, you know, what are some of the dregs of the job, the things that you have to do um, that aren't maybe your favorite, but, you know, that way you can weigh those options of, you know, the reward of doing the thing that you really want to do versus the reality of this is what you have to do to be able to do that. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's always good to have the full picture before you dive into it and go, I don't know about this anymore. So yeah, definitely, definitely. What's your opinion on the value of networking in the history field and what are the best ways to network in the world of history? I know we've touched on this a little bit already. Uh, I mean, the reality of the situation is in the history world, the opportunities, the history world is so flooded with PhDs and masters and, um, you know, all those, you know, jumps that you have to make in order to do certain things. Um, and so because of that, you've got to know people, you've got to be able to get out there and talk, um, you know, and some of it is just stuff that happens along the way, you know, your, your professors, your, uh, the students in the courses with you, uh, you know, those, those are like the first very easy steps, um, beyond that, go to alumni mixers, go to, um, go to conferences, uh, you know, and also don't be afraid just to randomly reach out to somebody, you know, um, many people in the history field, they're happy to take your email and, uh, you know, so just be like, Hey, you know, notice this is, you know, ask them questions and, all those kind of weird things that, you know, you always kind of like, well, should I go ahead and do it? You know, the worst they're going to do is say no. The worst they're going to do is not respond. Yeah. So, you know, take the leap and try. And, um, you know, I, I was at a conference a couple of years ago and I found myself in the bathroom with an author of a book that just, I'm not going to say it changed my life, but it came pretty close. And I was just like, <laughs> and I have to admit, though, it took a while because I was just sitting there staring at her in the bathroom. I'm <laughs> just like, what do I say? <laughs> <laughs> Been there. Been there. <laughs> and then, you know, I talked to her and, you know, she was really nice. And, you know, I told her just like, look, you know, your book is it's one of my favorite things that I've read in the last few years. And, um, you know, it was it was it was a great moment just and you just have to remember they are all there for the same reason you are yeah absolutely absolutely it definitely takes a lot of getting outside of your own comfort zone it does huge part of it yeah yeah and I I mean I'm pretty introverted uh, you know and um if I'm just at a random place, it's really hard for me to go up and talk to people. But like I said, that's the beauty of going to one of the conferences in your field because, you know, everybody's there for the same thing. I was at another conference and we were, you know, checking out um, a museum and I was in the next room and all of a sudden I hear somebody go, Oh, look, a timeline. (laughs) It's just like, you just have this moment of, and all of us are just like, oh, my goodness, yes. It's like I found my people. And that's what it's yeah. always like. So you can you can be sitting in the same, you know, room with somebody, you know, talk to the person next to you. Just be like, oh, what did you think? You know, what's why did you come to this panel? And things like that. You know, it's a great way just to start making connections. And everybody, I, I guarantee they are all there geeking out on the same things you're geeking out on. So geek out together. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Let your let your passions thrive in those spaces. Yeah. 
don't don't be afraid to let that part of you be shown to this group of people that probably feels exactly the same way. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I mean, just your passion started shining through as soon as you started talking <laughs> about all of those moments. I mean, it's just it's amazing how much that can change you when you finally just take mm-hmm. that leap. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Is there any other advice you can offer for informational interviewing? Anything you want to add? Um, I think just kind of to reiterate, you know, step out of the box, step out of your comfort zone um, and don't be afraid to ask. Uh, you know, most people want to answer your questions, yeah. um, you know, because most people have been in your position. So, you know, just ask the question. Yes, I can honestly say that every individual that I have met in the history field so far has been so open, so inviting, so accommodating. Mm-hmm. It's 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 been some of my favorite connections because I'm not in the history field, but of course I still have questions because I'm trying to support my students. And I, it's just amazing the relationships that I've made in a field that I'm not steadily a part of. It's it's been really cool. It's been really cool. All right. So next, let's move into some questions on company research. So when researching employers, what do you believe students should be looking for? Um, You know, take a look at, uh, if you can, take a look at how how quickly positions are opening at a place. Um, If there's a lot of turnover, that could suggest that um, you're not going to be super happy there. Um, and, you know, that applies to all fields, honestly. Um, but also, you know, if you're able to reach somebody who was in that position, and this is where networking is helpful. Um, and, you know, you know, sometimes people are, you know, they've just found the better opportunity and it just happens that it all happened in one place because, as I said, these history jobs, they are few and far between. So if something comes up, you're going to take it. Um, but, you know, and in some cases, um, someone actually asked me this not too long ago about a position. Um, they had said they had noticed that it seemed like a certain position had come up multiple times recently. Mm-hmm. And um, I happened to knew, know the director at the location. And um, so she was just like, you know, is, you know, should I be concerned? You know, is there really a lot of turnover? And I was just like, honestly, it's not as much as it seems. It's just that particular site has kind of changed ownership. And, uh, you know, there's just been, there's other things that are not related to what would make it a toxic environment actually happening there. It's just other realities of life. And so if you're able to get those questions answered, um, that should kind of, you know, help, you know, it helps to at least allow you to know what it is that you might be walking into. Um, you know, I think also take a look at, um, you know, if it's, you know, like a research position or something like that, you know, take a look at what other projects the company has done. Um, you know, make sure that there are going to be things that line up with your values. They're not going to be things that you're going to be kind of like, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to be comfortable doing that. If that's the case, then it's not going to be the right place for you. Absolutely. I really appreciate that perspective because I think 
I think that's something that we forget to do sometimes. We see an open position and we just go, oh, finally, Mm -hmm. here's an opportunity without really taking the time to investigate the employer to see if it is a good fit for us and to see if there has been turnover. But also reaching out to individuals, you know, who might know someone there to see if if that rate of turnover is influenced by a toxic environment or if it's just changes. There are just some changes going on. Changes happen. Um, Yeah, definitely a great unique perspective to bring to the table when we're researching. So what are some good strategies to find out more about a company's culture since we're already kind of talking about You know, sometimes it's hard, especially, you know, because sometimes you're working for really small companies. But if you can find any information on like Glassdoor or things like that, that's always good. Um, definitely when you go in for the interview, um, you know, ask about the company's culture. Uh, some of the better companies, they'll actually bring in other employees so that, you know, you can talk to someone else about it. Um, that's usually a good sign. Um, because then you're not just going off of what management thinks. Um, you know, and just kind of, you know, again, it comes down to researching the position, you know, why is this position vacant? Um, you know, also another thing to do is to um, look at, you know, even just pay scales at other places because maybe the company is offering a really low ball for what that position should be paid. Uh, and that'll give you a clue as to the company's culture. Um, so, you know, just kind of, you know, again, be creative and look around, try to talk to people. Um, you know, try to just, you know, see how willing the company is to share information, how open they are with information. That'll always give you a bit of a clue as to what's happening. Yeah, definitely great questions to ask in the culture space. I know that whenever we're discussing, you know, how do I learn more about company culture? One of the things I usually recommend, and I'm glad you, you talked about, you know, employees that may already be there or employees who have been through their training is is asking those questions about what's your onboarding process like exactly. what's your what's your training process like because that can tell you a lot about the culture of the employer as well especially if they have a very good plan of this is how we intend to train you this is what we do in our training process so really glad that you mentioned that the good piece is there any other advice you can offer about company research? Um, you know, looking just um, look in various places about things, you know, check and see if they have any press. Check and see, you know, take a look at their social media. Take a look at, you know, LinkedIn. Um, and actually, LinkedIn, now that I think about it, is a good way to reach out to a former employee. Yeah. Um, you know, just to be like, hey, you know, why did you leave? It might be a little harder to get a response from that. But it's it's again, the worst they're going to do is say no. Exactly. Um, so, you know, just just look around, poke around and um, see what information you can find. And um, don't be afraid to dive into it. You know, try to do more than just look at their website. Definitely appreciate that investigative perspective. Definitely looking into all of those components. I hadn't even really considered looking to see if they have any press. 
that, mm-hmm. that's not something that's ever crossed my mind. So definitely appreciate that perspective too. It's that's a good thing for me to take back to my students as well. Thank you for that. Is there anything else that you'd like to mention that we haven't discussed? Um, I think the only other thing would be, you know, have fun, you know, enjoy it. Um, enjoy all of it. Enjoy your time as a student. Enjoy your time job hunting. Um, you know, history is, it's just such a deep and fun field and it can, it can lead you into really unexpected places and, you know, lead you to do some really fun and exciting things. Um, so feel free to be creative with, you know, what options there are and what different things you can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that, Karen. I know that there are a lot of students out there that need to hear that, that that piece of them is so valuable in that space. And all they have to do is bring it and find the right people who are in their circle to celebrate it with them. So exactly. Thank you. Thank you for that. This is all the questions I have. Um, again, I'd like to thank you for joining me today. Your commentary has been so incredibly helpful, and I know how much I appreciate it, and I know how much our students appreciate it as well. And thank you to all of our listeners. We hope that this episode has given you some great insight into careers in history. Be sure to check out our other episodes from the Passion and Practicality podcast for more great discussions related to liberal arts. All right. Thank you, everyone. And thank you all for joining us today. This episode originally appeared on the Passion and Practicality podcast feed, but today is appearing on the Working Historians podcast feed, and you can subscribe to either of those podcasts on any podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, or whatever else you prefer. You can even count how many times I said the word podcast in that sentence. That way you won't miss any episodes and you'll continue to hear about all the other cool stuff that historians do with their lives. This podcast, there's one more, this podcast does not represent the views of Southern New Hampshire University. If you have any questions or comments for this or any of our other podcasts, send us a message to workinghistorians at gmail.com. For Kelly Cook and Karen Kincaid-Brady, I am Rob Denning. Happy job hunting.